hello and welcome to the FSF and Tapestry podcast. Today, Stephen and I are joined by Dr. Stella Louis, and we're going to be talking about Froebel. Um, but first, welcome, Stella. It's so lovely to have you with us today. And um, I'm hoping that you're going to introduce yourself, which will be lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, hi. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm um, Stella Louis, and I am a freelance early years consultant, and I also work as the lead trainer um, for the Froebel Trust, um, leading a group of um, travelling travelling tutors, delivering a Frobelian <clears throat> short course to schools and nurseries, and sometimes even parents. So that's me, yes. Thank you. And we just wanted to begin really by asking um, for you to tell us a bit about Froebel. Um, you know, who was he and what did he do? Okay. Um, I think Frederick Froebel, well, well, I don't think he was. He was um, a German educator and he, he was a really important German educator. He was born in 1782 and he died in 1852. Um, I think Froebel was important for lots of reasons. And I think one of the reasons was his attitude towards play. Um, you know, when Froebel was, was born, the attitudes to play was not only was children seen and not heard, it was a lot of kind of rote learning. Children did things in large groups. Froebel absolutely transformed that with his, his, his contemporary attitude towards play. He, 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 he talks about a lot the importance of a concept, which we all understand, of unity. But unity will mean different things to different people. So unity in relation to the child. So he talks about the child being aware of itself, its relationships with others, contributing to a family and a community. He, he also talks about the unity with... Um, the, 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 the kind of physical environment, nature, the, the planets, um, and, and, and how all of these things connect. So the family was of great importance to Froebel. Early education was important to Froebel. And he talks also about the law of opposites, but really he's talking about children's self-activity and children learning about difference. Um, I think... Yeah, Froebel and his contribution to early years is huge. I think some people just think it's the gifts and the occupations or the mother songs, but it's far deeper than that. I think Froebel absolutely, and, and, and what makes him really relevant today is his ideas around, around play and how, how, how his observations of play really informed it. Um, who was Frederick Froebel? He, his mum died when he was about nine months old. Um, <clears throat> his dad was quite a rigid pastor. Um, his dad kind of rejected him, actually, when his mother died. And when his dad sort of took on a new wife when he was about three, um, initially the wife was quite embracive and loving with him, but then she rejected him. So much of his, his, his earliest years was, was a lonely one. He, he spent a lot of time, a lot of time on his own 
in and engaged with nature. He saw the changing of the seasons. He saw how weather would have an impact on, on different materials outside. He, he saw things die. He saw things grow. He, he saw how all of these things connected. And those early experiences really kind of helped to, I guess, shape um, some of his views and visions for for early 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 childhood development. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's who he was. And most importantly, Frederick Froebel was the inventor of the kindergarten garden for for children. He was so ahead of his time, wasn't he, Stella? I mean, this was a long time ago, um, and he is still influencing the way that we think. Uh, uh, and the practice in the early years, it's, uh, it's incredible really how long ago it was for him to be coming up with these ideas. I think what's amazing about Frederick Froebel is that his ideas were about ultimately unity, connectedness, humanity, relationship of self, others, universe, how everything is interconnected how we should be respectful of all things and people, regardless of their roles or their, their place in society. And I think at the time when Froebel was living, there was the American War of Independence. There was the Declaration for Independence. There was the French Revolution. There was lots of unrest. Germany then kind of began to sort of split into states. There was politically and globally lots going on. And there you've got this guy that's wanting to um, have a space for children where, where children, where adults follow children's needs and, and they, they, they watch children, they guide children um, and they give children materials that are educationally worthwhile. Um, I think many of the theories, be them Piaget, Vygotsky, um, Reggio, they've all taken Montessori, Steiner, all of them have taken from Frederick Froebel um, and they've expanded his work in, 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 in really wonderful ways. But I think in relation to early years and play, he was far ahead of his time. Um, and he has the most beautiful quotes. I just want to read you one. He has the most beautiful quotes about, about play. Um, there's one where he says that play is the highest level of human development, for it alone is the free expression of what is in the child's soul. Um, it's the highest expression of human development. And I think just that makes me want to observe children even more to see what those expressions are. Yeah. Two, uh, you, you mentioned two terms that are, are very much associated with Froebel's work, gifts and occupations um, earlier. Could you tell us um, more about what the gifts and the occup occupations are and how they relate to Froebel's understanding of how young children learn? Okay, I think what I'll say first of all is that because he spent a lot of time observing children, he wanted to give children um, materials that were worthwhile. I have actually set up some gifts at the back of me, so just bear with me so I can show you. I mean, this is gift gift one. Gift one was a set of um, 12 or six balls like this. This one has string, 
Uh, this one does as well. So yeah, children could hold them, they could drop them, they're the colours of the rainbow, but importantly, gift one is soft. Um, some people will say that gift one is just the babies. Frobel never specified an age. Um, gift one could be used for um, a, a child in a primary class, children with additional additional needs. So I think there are no ages and stages to the gift. So this is this is gift one, which is soft. Now, gift two is um, the opposite of gift one, because gift one is, is soft, gift two is hard, but there's a connection between the two, because the sphere um, symbolically represents the universe for Froebel, um, and ideas of unity and connectedness. So you've got the sphere again. So you've got the sphere this time that's wooden, you've got the cylinder, and you've got the cube. The sphere rolls, as we know. If the cylinder's on its side, it will also roll. But if I put it this way, it's flat. It's flat just like this cube. So the cylinder acts as a connector between the sphere and the cube. So this is his idea of law of opposites. And it's here with the law of opposites that he believes that children will... Um, Children will do the most amount of discovery and learning. He developed gifts one to six. One and two I've just shown you. Gift, gift three is um, in a little box, mark three, and it's eight, um, it's eight cubes. And um, gift four is eight planks. Um, and, and gift five is even more complex, but there's a relationship between gift four, sorry, gift three, and gift five. So you can see here, cubes, can you see them? Yep. Yeah. And like on gift five, you can see cubes as well, but they've been divided into little prisms. So you've still got the relationship, the unity, the I, you know, these ideas. And gift six is really related to the six times table. Um, I think the gifts start off quite simple and they progress and they become much more diverse and more complex. Um, and, you know, Froebel used these as a, 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 a key resource for children to show what he talks about is something known as the forms, forms of life, forms of beauty, and forms of knowledge. So when children were using, say, gift three, they could um, maybe make two towers or make a headboard or, or make a bench or make a sofa. They will show you their life experiences through the materials that they play with. But because gift five is so quite diverse in how it is divided, they could make much more, much more creative things. And Froebel believed that if we gave children material, we needed to give them materials where there were opposites so that children could actually make real meaningful discoveries and there, there'd be some level of self-activity. The other thing I want to say about the gifts is that the gifts were always, you know, they always went back to a whole. He has this idea again about unity and connectedness, it coming back to a whole. So once children have played with it, they, they put it back. People often say the gifts and blog play are the same. They're not, they're quite different. Um, they're, 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 there are similarities, but there are also huge differences. Um, yeah, the gifts were, 
um, Froebel's work. And I think, you know, Froebel talks about gifts and occupations. The difference between the gifts and the occupations is that the gifts will always go back to its original form, whereas the occupations won't. So an occupation could be, it could be drawing, it could be painting, it could be weaving, it could be sewing, it could be pegboards and pingboards, it could be stick playing. Um, so yeah, the gifts always go back to their original form. The occupations, well, so I think that's the best way I can explain the gifts and the occupations. Yeah. There, is, there are some brilliant resources on the Froebel Trust website um, and there's a particular pamphlet I would recommend having a look at. And you mentioned about block play and gifts and the differences, but there is a, a really informative um, document there that you can download, which I'd, I'd advise going at the Froebel Trust uh, website and having a look. Which one are you? Which one are you referring to? Uh, the gifts and block play. Oh, by Jane Winnett. Oh, oh, it's brilliant. It's an absolutely brilliant um, pamphlet because it really does articulate the journey of. Um, gifts and block play and and looking at its relevance today but I would also say um, you know there's pamphlets by um, Lucy Parker and another colleague on on clay there, there, there's one on cooking by Lucy also there's one by Jane Dyke on um, um, the mother songs there's one recently brilliant one by Pete Morehouse on um, woodwork and all of these pamphlets are free to download. What people might not know about the Froebel Trust, it's the one charity in this country that gives practitioners money, um, funding, um, research grants um, to develop their work with children in Froebelian ways that are relevant to today. So do look on the Froebel Trust website. And they are beautiful resources as well, the way they're presented and um, they're so clear and easy to consume. They're, they're excellent. Yeah. Stella, another thing that really fascinated me um, uh, uh, that Froebel talked about was mother's, mother songs. Um, and I wondered if you could tell us a bit about mother songs and how, how they follow the progression of a child's development. Okay. I'll be, I'll be really upfront with you. Um, when I was first introduced to Throbel's Mother Songs, I wasn't impressed at all. It just didn't connect. I, I saw these sort of song plates that were kind of set in the time that he lived. And I didn't get it. Anyway, um, I remember having to teach an element of the Mother Songs and I really had to get it. And I went back and I kind of got over these plate images. And um, what I found was, and I mean, Froebel said this himself, that this is his greatest work. This is, you know, it, it, shortly after he, um, he finished the mother songs, he, 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 he died. Um, it was Froebel's greatest work. He produced 50 mother songs. And um, all of his mother songs have some sort of hand movement at the top. Um, and what people may not know is that the mother songs were originally written as a resource for parents. Um, Froebel recognised that parents were, uh, mothers in particular, were a really rich resource in sort of aiding and supporting their children's development. Um, so the mother songs, just like the gifts you see the progression, 
the mother song type of level of progression as well. So for Froebel, and, 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 and there are two almost levels running alongside each other. So bear with me whilst I try and explain it. So with the mother songs, Froebel kind of encouraged us to do sort of um, lap songs or lullabies with children and to encourage physical interaction and um, yeah, yeah, physical interaction and the development of that relationship. Um, he also talks about doing songs with children developmentally that use the whole hand. Um, you, yeah, use the whole hand rather than immediately going to separating the fingers. Because developmentally as educators, we know separating the fingers is quite difficult. That's why occupations like clay are so wonderful in kind of helping children develop that dexterity. So he starts with lullabies, then he goes to whole hands, then he goes to, you know, fingers. Um, then he goes to on the spot upper body movement. So things like row, row, row the boat and the shoulders. And then he goes to on the spot whole body. So you can kind of, you know, do head, shoulders, knees and toes. And then he moves on to movement games. And there is there a developmental progression. Because I think quite often we get children to sing songs that we're really familiar with. But they might not really be tuned into their development. You know, um, it's thinking about the whole child. So development was important. But even within the songs, what you get is that he, 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 he thinks about the relationship, the physical development. So you've got the kicking song where the mother is, um, you know, really helping the child develop. You've got songs that kind of look at the relationship. You've got songs that capture things that are happening every day, their everyday life. And that was the reason I didn't like the plates because they didn't link to my everyday life. But once I got over that, I was absolutely fine. Um, so yeah, so you, you, you've got stuff that links to everyday life and you've all but also got symbolism because he's introducing the idea of symbols and you've also got moral messages that kind of run through. So if I'm just, I'm just visualizing one of the song plates of a song called the charcoal burner. So the first image you have the charcoal burner in his, you've got his heart and you've got them burning a pile of charcoal. And then the, the image below that is the ironmonger using the charcoal to kind of um, make spoons and forks, etc. And then the next image is a mother feeding her baby with a spoon. So already you've got the unity. So you've got forms of life, you've got forms of knowledge, and you've got beauty. And it's thinking about, you know, what kind of things do we use charcoal for today? So although I kind of say that I didn't like the song plates, which were the pictures, but some of them are still relevant for today. So the mother songs were really important. And I think Froebel recognised um, emotions and family as well as the interdependence of the child, family and the community. Um, all the songs showed some sort of symbolic movement. Um, and I think, you know, when you think about the development, using, using your hands help babies to fix their gaze. It helps the hand, eye and mouth irrigation. It, 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 integration. I think isolating the finger helps children to fix their gaze. It also develops things like tracking and pointing. Um, 
pointing and tracking both help children to develop as emergent readers and writers. So all of his activities, all of them, were related to children's development, the process of development, rather than just thinking about the outcome. And, you know, just a question I kind of throw out to the audience, you know, when you're choosing songs for children, what, 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 what do you look for? What's important to you in the songs that you're singing? Are you singing all the songs of the same type? Or are you actually thinking about children's development? When you look at your repertoire of songs, that's a really huge source of teaching children. Um, you know, we've had lots of researchers make links between songs and interaction today. But you think about when Froebel was around and the connections that, 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 that he was making was really powerful. And I think Froebel's mother songs link absolutely to how children develop literacy how they become storytellers, um, you know, because, you know, from once you've kind of got on the spot, whole body, it kind of moves into movement games and story and where you get characters and, you know, children begin to kind of develop themselves more, their spatial awareness whilst focusing on their own action. It really is about child development. And, and I think you can't shy away from that. And I think that's where Froebel gets my utmost respect. Um, he clearly valued observing children. Yeah. Something that I found uh, really interesting reading more about Froebelian settings is how they're encouraged to link with a baby's family and build relationships and find out about a family's culture so that they can introduce special songs that they can share together. I think that's such a powerful message, really. I, I mean, it is, it is a powerful message. Um, I think, you know, I've already said it, but he saw the family, he saw the home as really being connected to the child and around his ideas of unity. And, you know, when, 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 when Froebel talks about the role of the adult, he talks about part of the role of, ad, of, of, of adults as working in partnership with parents, not telling parents what to do, but working in partnership with parents. And, um, you know, he was one of the first educators to open up a teach training college for, for women. Um, because prior to that, um, all educators were, were male. Thinking back at the time when, when, Froebel, was, um, when Froebel was working. Um, yeah, I think, you know, he, he encourages parents to observe their children and be as excited as they were on the first day of their child's life, even when their child is five or six years old. He encourages practitioners to look for the good intentions, always look for the good intentions in what children are doing. Um, yeah, he, he encourages that with both parents and practitioners. You know, a child might take this pen and put it, floor in it. They might take it apart but not know how to pull it back together. Quite often we'll look at that child and think that's a naughty child because they've broken my pen. You know, Frobe will say, look for the good intentions in, in what children are doing because there's always a reason for this outer expression. Don't just automatically jump to the wrong conclusion. He wrote about the inner circle of the child um, and also 
read recently Tina Bruce talking about wallowing. Can you explain what both of these terms mean and how they support children in their learning and development? Yeah, Froebel talks, it's not so much the inner circle, although spheres are important to him because of his idea of unities. He, he talks about the inner, inner, inner life of the child. And like, it's not as confusing as it may sound. He talks about the inner life of the child. So the in, uh, inner life and inner mental life. And he talks about an outer expression. And what Froebel is basically saying is in every child, there are things that are happening inside, and as educators, we need to understand how these things are expressed creatively when they come out of the child. Um, yeah, so we need to be aware of what that inner life of the child might be. So an example is, um, I was doing that South African course recently, and one of the practitioners explained that she had um, been burgled and her bedroom was adjacent to the garage and her, her granddaughter lived with her and her granddaughter for the longest time had been, been fascinated and really interested in video cameras. And is always constructing one from some kind of material. Anyway, she said that she got burgled and um, for, for, for months after she got burgled, she kept finding bits of Lego in the strangest places in her house, and in fact, in her bedroom. And she couldn't work out why, under the pillow, on top of the clock, in the plant pots, in her shoes. She knew her granddaughter had something to do with it. And when, when, when she spoke to her about it, her, her granddaughter told her, you know, grandma, it's undercover surveillance, just in case the burglars come back. So even though this burglary had happened months before, that inner life of the child, um, was coming out with her outer expressions of planting little bits of Lego in and around her grandma's bedroom so that she could make sense of what happened to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And when Tina Bruce talks about wallowing, Tina talks about wallowing, children wallowing in their feelings, their ideas and their relationships. And you can see how it links exactly to the same thing. And I think as observers, when we're observing children, we need to know when it's an idea, when it's a feeling, when it's a relationship. Um, I'm just trying to think. There was a, a young girl I worked with a while ago that um, went into hospital quite suddenly to have her appendix out. And she was in hospital, I think for about eight or nine days. But once she came out, for a whole year and a bit, she played the same game. She played the game of hospitals, but she wasn't the patient, she was the doctor. She was kind of giving out medicine. The game just developed and developed and developed and developed, really helping her to make sense of her experiences. She was really wallowing in that play. Um, and that was really important. So Tina and Froebel are talking about the same things, the inner, the inner, the inner life of the child and the outer expression. And I think you know, where it links to good intentions is that we need to think about and we do need to think about what it is children are doing rather than just jumping to a conclusion that they've done something that they shouldn't have done. Yeah. So, yeah. So wallowing, wallowing is a really lovely word, but sometimes Oscar don't like the word wallowing. So Tina would say use the word concentrate because it amounts to the same thing. <laughs> 
And and is that linked, Stella? It feels like that's linked to to making sure that there is time for children to do that within a setting where there, there can be often so much to do, can't there? That that wallowing and and or concentration, you know, requires time and repeated time. That allowance to repeat. Is that right? Uh, of course, that's right. I, you know, please don't get me wrong. I think educators are under huge restrictions. Um, they're, they're, they are. I, I, again, they're under huge restrictions, but ultimately our commitment are, is to children. You know, that's who our commitment is to. And children need opportunities to struggle with new experiences, but they need adults that know when something's beyond their zone of proximal development so they can kind of stop in to help them. They need to know what good struggle looks like. Children need time to manipulate and discover things, but equally they need worthwhile educational materials that aren't all the same, that's going to just give them the same things. They need something that's going to give them that little bit of diversity. You saw give two, the spear, the, 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 the cylinder and the cube, quite simple but the cylinder acts as the connector between the two. So the more I explore with that, I'm going to find out similarities, I'm going to find out differences, and, you know, learning is, is, is going to begin. I think children need opportunities to practice, meaningful opportunities to practice their newly acquired skills. I still think we are still got an observation of that, no longer, no longer required. But actually, if I've just done something once or twice, it's not developed, it's not, it's not embedded. And um, I do, I think we've got to use children's real-life experiences, their, their, yeah, their primary experiences as the main source of what we teach. Because if we do that, children have hooks to hang on the information that we've given them. If we don't do that, then, you know, we're wasting their time. And, 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 and childhood, you know, as Peter Dixon says, is the springtime of life, where you get so much growth and development. And it's not just one thing, it's, it's all sorts of things. And I think, you know, I, I'll always go back to child development. Child development is really important. Frobel talks about, as educators at each stage, we need to be that stage and that we need to make sure, we need to be aware of what children's previous learning is. And we also need to make sure that whatever we offer them, that they have time to wallow um, and they're not hurried and rushed through to the next stage. Um, these things are important, they're, they're really important, but also recognising that there's an element of struggle that's also really important for learning because you think about i remember when i first went on zoom i didn't have a clue i didn't have a clue and it was it was through playing with it and and, and making real big mistakes that i learned you know that is how children learn and i'll always remember something my daughter said to me when she was really young she said mommy if i don't make mistakes i'm not gonna learn and I love that. I absolutely, I absolutely, and that's a valuable point. We, we need to celebrate our mistakes and, and, and see them as, 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 as learning rather than as something to be frowned upon, I think. Yeah. We, that links actually very much to the next thing I wanted to ask about, which was the role of the adult, thinking about making mistakes, all of us, all of us learning from our mistakes, but also the role of the adult 
supporting children learning, children's learning, what did Froebel say about that? And also, how is what he said about the adult role still meaningful today? I think, I think it's me, because, you know, some of Froebel's key principles are about the role of the adult, you know, saying that the adult, the adult role is one that is an observer, and there's a particular way of Frobelians, that, that Frobelians observe, and that is, you know, externally you're quite passive so it might look like you're not doing very much but internally you're thinking about what it is that you'll see. Froebel talks about um, adults offering children freedom and guidance but it's only if you know your children and their development that you can do that when it's when it's appropriate. He talks about the role of the adult as one that's an interaction role where you can become a participant but sometimes you play alongside the child supporting or extending their play. He talks about the role of the adults being partners with parents and both parents and, 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 and teachers and educators having respect for the child's first-hand experience. This means giving children things to learn by doing. He talks a lot about self-activity, and we call that child-initiated play. Um, you know, following children's choice and their interests, giving them hands-on learning, and always, always, always looking um, for the good connections and, and the connectivity with the child, the family, and the outside world, because children often bring that into, into, into what they do. Um, he talks again about the importance of adults recognizing the different developmental stages that that children go through and acknowledging that each stage as i've already said is really dependent on on what's gone before and that each stage whether we're talking about manipulating manipulating practicing struggling with new skills each stage needs to be lived through thoroughly without being hurried or rushed by by an adult and you know ultimately for Froebel learning needed to be meaningful that's why um, there was that wonderful connection to first-hand experience and and you know for Froebel ch childhood is, is is absolutely the play in childhood is is the foundation for for for, for later for later learning um, and, and, and all of that makes him very relevant some brilliant language there. I love freedom with guidance and uh, I've also read about being a sensitive guide. I think these are such good um, terms to, to consider and reflect on in our practice. How important are children's relationships and community in a Frebellian approach to teaching and learning? They're central. They're, 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 they're absolutely central because they form, they form part of the Frebellian framework, like I said at the beginning of ideas of you know children's awareness of themselves their relationships with others their family they're contributing to a community their relationship with their environment their engagement with nature planets um there's you know the symbolic life of the child all of those things form part of who children are and like you know different cultures will have different symbolic ways of doing things all of these things children will be seen they will have an impact on on how they develop um yeah Froebel was 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 you know was keen for us to really engage the wider community, know about what's in our community and 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 the experiences that the children may have because that would have an impact on 
what was then seen in his kindergartens or our classrooms. Now, something I saw that um, he used to do was take children into the town square and um, to play so that the local community could see what they were doing and, and he would educate the community as to what they were doing and how they were learning. I thought that was brilliant. And, and, and I mean, you know, Froebel also talks about having this um, really structured learning environment. And although we've not talked much about nature, but in, in, in the Froebel kindergartens, every child had a little, little plot where they could grow things and they could watch and watch things grow and they could nurture them and, and take responsibility. But also in the front of the kindergarten, there was a huge plot where the whole community could participate in growing and nurturing and, um, you know, sharing knowledge about, you know, growing corn or growing whatever it is, or wheat or whatever it is they are wanting to grow. So the, the, the town square, the location of this um, wonderful place to grow things, being at the front of the, the kindergarten, brings the community together. And it's interesting, that's been replicated in a nursery school. I've seen it replicated in lots of nursery schools, but there's one um, nursery school, it's Guildford Nursery School and Children's Centre. They, they're having an opening, I think, next Friday. They've received some frugal funding. And they have um, put in a beautiful um, kind of little allotment for the community. And it's amazing. I was somewhere, I know where I was, I was in um, Cardiff, at a place called Tidlet's. And I mean, their engagement with nature was just off the wall. I didn't realise there were so many different types of sunflowers. I didn't realise you could have rainbow sweet corn. I thought beetroot was only one colour. I mean, they have a Frobelian garden, um, you know, just on the kind of outskirts of Caffili. I mean, it's just really, really powerful. And I think what's really, really powerful is that all Frobelian ideas, whether it's mother songs, whether it's engagement with nature, whether it's observing your children, in the pandemic, these were the things that people were telling us to do. You know, um, these are the things when I work in places like South Africa or Perth, Australia, that people are all already engaged with nature, but in different cultural ways. Um, I think what's fantastic about the Frobelian approach, it's a framework, it's a way of working. And, you know, um, it still challenges aspects of my thinking and that excites me. Um, it excites me because it constantly means that I'm reflecting on my practice. And I think one of the key things for, for obedient adults is to think about practice, is to question practice, to question the worthwhileness of the materials, all the songs, all the things that we do with children, to really reflect on how much freedom are we giving children and how much guidance are we kind of interfering too much with their struggle, even if it is within their zone of proximal development. And I think the key to Frobelian ideas is don't just look at them one at a time. Well, you, you might look at them one at a time, but then somehow you've got to bring them all together because with Frobel, link always, always links. I am. I've been really struck by some of the words that you've been using through the conversation, Stella, and, 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 it's, and that thing of links and opposites and how opposites link. 
and and they're kind of they're kind of those those big words if you like so things like individuality diversity unity connectedness and how they're all unified as one thing if you really think about it they're all connected it's that it's it's so simple when you have a conversation about it isn't it it is, it is. I just, you know, as, as Stephen said, he was a forward thinker, born way before his time, but in some respects he was born at the right time. Um, I, think what I, I think what I like about the approach is what, is what it does for self. Um, you know, it, it is, it's thinking, it's thinking about, it really is about thinking about what you do with children. What is it that you want for children, but also being really respectful of children's development um and 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 you know he there's a really lovely quote that Froben talks about three different types of play he talks about there being imitative play creative play and symbolic play and then he kind of goes on to say that if educators are going to use children's play for educational purposes then we need to actually understand what that play looks like and, 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 and it shows even more why it's important that we understand the inner life of the child and their outer expressions. Um, and we can only do that through tuning in with their family, observation, being aware of what's in their community and giving them freedom when it's needed and also guidance when that is also necessary. Stella, we, we, we were going to end with, it, with thoughts on how the Frebellian ethos um, kind of links to the changes in the new EYFS that's going on at the moment, that's been kind of been happening before and through September and moving forward, and its renewed focus on um, a child-centred approach and moving away from kind of data analysis and collection and things like that. And I wondered if you had any thoughts on that. I think... I think in some respects it's really important that it's moved away from data analysis. But what's also important is that practitioners are able to articulate what it is they know about their children. Observations of children shouldn't just be what's, you know, that, that we've captured on tapestry or in a list of observations. Our knowledge of our children should be us having conversation like I'm having with you two now about our children, what their learning is, how this fits, what the connectivity is. You know, if we don't know our children, we're not going to know when they're making connections, but we're not going to see the links. And, um, yeah, we're not going to see the links. And I, I, I think the focus on children is really important, but I think we mustn't lose sight with each stage we must be that stage because um, I think even within the new framework there's a tendency to push children to the next stage and I think for me it's remembering what Frobel said yeah at each stage we've got to be that no, no, I love it at each stage be that stage you can have four two-year-olds and they're all at different stages. You've got to be whatever stage it is they're at. And I think that's really inclusive because even if you've got children with additional needs, you can be whatever stage it is they're at. You can build them as children. You can start with what they know and, and what they do. You can be respectful. You can 
you can you can provide activities that not only introduce new ideas but build on their first-hand experiences. I think Frobelian education is 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 universal. It's things that we'll do. But the best thing about Frobelian education is that I think it gives us the language to articulate our practice. And that's what we have to do for, you know, varying different um, bodies. It really does give us the language to articulate our practice, defend our practice, and maybe even change the language from wallowing to concentrating when and if we need to. Yeah. Thank you, Stella, so much. It's uh, I think that that's a really lovely place to end that that idea that it gives us the language because because having the language and gives us the, the opportunity to have these conversations for the children and about the children, you know, to to improve their lives and their outcomes, doesn't it? So that's 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 a really lovely place to finish. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank really you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It was it was really lovely, lovely talking to you, talking to you both. And um, yeah, no, go on the Frobel website, look up about Frobel. I have a new Frobel pamphlet, um, which is free to download, um, coming out, I think, at the end of November. And it's on observation, so internally active, externally passive. Yes. Thanks, Stella. Thank you.